0: Welcome back to The Hang. My name is Nick Finzer and today I'm excited for us to go back in time to the summer of 2019, just briefly to share a project that we recorded at Pinch Recording, live at Pinch Recording, volume three. This is featuring a lot of the outside of music artists, the band leaders coming together to create a video and audio project that we've been able to share over the last six months or so. And last week, I was able to reconnect with a great radio host out in California named Abe Perlstein. He's been a big fan of a lot of our artists, a lot of our music, and he was happy to share some of the music from that session live at Pinch Recording, and I'm happy that we were able to revisit that. So this week, you're going to hear a conversation that I had with Abe, as well as some of the cuts from that session. Uh, So I hope that you enjoy getting to check out some of this music some of the conversation Uh, this is a great initiative that i really love doing with our artists getting them to play each other's music getting uh, more content out there for all of them to hopefully cross-pollinate their audiences and people to discover one another Uh, so that's why we do it so if you haven't been checking out uh, the playlist we've been posting on spotify we have our weekly new jazz monday playlist as well as this is jazz today our monthly uh, update of some of the best jazz recordings that came out that month and uh so all that is coming up next week we'll be back on track with our regularly scheduled podcast uh talking about those playlist tracks lots of great music in january of 2020 the new decade so we're excited to get back to that so thanks for being here thanks for listening and i hope you enjoy this conversation with abe perlstein and myself
1: Right now, it's Nick Finzer calling in from New York. Hello, Nick.
2: Hi, Abe. How are you?
1: Are you calling in from New York? I am. Well, I'm so happy to have you on the show because you and I, uh, behind the scenes, you, you you provide some amazing music through uh, your label, which is Outside in Music, and uh, as well as your own music, as well as being an educator uh, educator in, in Dallas. Uh, what's the school again? Uh, the
2: University of North Texas.
1: I don't know how you physically do all this stuff. It seems to be too much that you line up for yourself, but you, you, you excel at all of it. So I, my hat, if you could see me, I'm holding my hat off <laughs> well, to you. <laughs> and, and Nick is a great trombonist, and he's also put together, This is, I guess you'd call this a compilation album of various artists. W- would that not be correct? Which is called Outside Music Volume 3 Live at Pinch Recording.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a compilation, kind of a collaboration between a lot of the artists on our label outside of music and getting a bunch of the leaders together from all those different projects to, you know, bring each other's music to life. And so that's kind of what this, that's what this project is. And we had done it two other times, but uh, this was the first time in this new uh, studio uh, that wanted to collaborate. That's that, that's what Pinch Recording is. It's a studio in Long Island City uh, in Queens.
1: Wow, and so it's uh is is it is it big enough to fit everybody in there? I mean there's a lot of people on all these things
2: yeah, it was uh, a little tight, but uh we made it work and uh, but it's a nice a nice studio, and the people that wrote for it were pretty ambitious, getting a lot of people involved, which I tried to get as many of the leaders as I could you know on the session so uh you know we had up to uh, a an nonet on one tune and we had the day before I've done other, some other records that were uh, just up So we kind of did the whole range of, uh, ensembles.
1: Well, this one, I'm going to start off with a track called Dueler's Dance. It's a composition written by Chris Ziemba, who mm-hmm. is also, uh, one of the instrumentalists on here along with yourself and Dave Barron, Jeremy Noller, Roxy Koss, who by the way, will be on uh, the show sometime, I believe later this month with her new release. And then, uh, and then, of course, you're the producer of this. And this is called Dueler's Dance. It's from Outside Music, Volume 3, live at Pinch Recording here on The Rock. <laughs> ¶¶ It's off a compilation called Outside Music Volume 3 Live at Pinch Recording. On the phone, Nick Finzer, who I'm assuming... Uh, Nick, are you the producer of this record?
2: Uh, yeah, I produced it. I played on one track on there, but mostly just uh, produced.
1: So uh, a lot of listeners may not be aware of what a producer does. and that, my, my perspective is, is that you are there for the whole project from the recording of it in the studio to the mastering and what have you although some producers step away at that point and let someone else master do, do you master uh, do you watch over that are you organizing that as well
2: yeah yeah I, if I'm producing the project I try to be involved from you know as early on as I can until it's out so uh, for this one yeah I was doing a uh, organized session kind of make sure it flows smoothly try to put bands together in this case. Uh, with the different people to try to make it, you know, come together in the studio and just try to manage the flow of the day. Like, hey, do we need another take? Should we do another part of this tune? Um, all that kind of stuff. Just making everybody comfortable and just trying to get the best musical product that we can. That's kind of you know a producer's role these days. So
1: it's it's usually three steps: the recording session, the mix down, and then the mastering. And right. just just for lay in layman's terms, what is the difference between? mixing in a recording session and mixing in a mix down session
2: so in a in a regular like in the actual recording session the day where you're tracking you know just getting a rough mix you're just kind of balancing the overall level so everybody can hear everything you can make sure everything has a good sound like the guitar sounds like a guitar the saxophone sounds like a saxophone Um, and then if you when you actually go to the mixing session there's a lot more stuff you can work on you can work on obviously the balance of the instruments, but also like the tone, the sound, and trying to get it just right so that it blends together. Uh, and the levels, obviously, making sure, you know, the saxophone's not too loud. Um, and then all kinds of other, there's all kinds of different colors you can put on things, things like reverb and just all kinds of little audio stuff that you can add into there. So it's a lot more, you know, detailed when you go into the mix down session than it is when you're just uh, kind of getting stuff on the fly uh, during the session.
1: And, and before we get to the mastering portion of it, when you're doing a mix down, my experience, because I've had lots of friends who've done studio recording, is you'd be in the control room, and there'd be two or three sets of speakers. So there'd be speakers at that time, and this is going back some years, that, that time there were speakers that would be like the speakers you'd hear in your car. There are speakers that you'd hear on a transistor radio or, or really, you know, portable radio. And then there'd be speakers you'd hear uh, on your, you know, high-end stereo. So do, are they still doing that?
2: Yeah, that's that's how the guy that I use how he do, how he mixes. He's got like really really good speakers that we almost never use because almost never almost no one will listen to it on those really <laughs> good speakers. Uh, then he's got like some average studio monitors. Then we listen on a little Bose uh, little sound box. I don't exactly remember which one he has, but yeah, we try to do it on all those different different ones and headphones, obviously, just to you know hear it in different places and make sure that it's. And, relatively consistent across those different, you know, listening
1: devices. That must be very challenging.
2: Yeah, it can be. You really can't predict, you know, how people are going to actually listen to it. So we try to base the balance at least, at least in my experience, on the, like, crappiest possible listening <laughs> situation, and then it only gets better from there, you know.
1: Well, and then you get to the mastering session. Now, I always thought that mastering was an extension of the mixdown, what is the big difference between those two things?
2: Well, the mastering is more having to do with balancing like the o- overall sonic picture, kind of not the details, but it's the big picture. Uh, it's, it's the level of the whole thing, like the loudness, making sure that like tracks are similar volume so that like if you put in a CD, uh, it's one track, isn't like super loud and then you have to turn it way on the second track. But then when you go to the third track, it's blasting you, you know, because it, so it's, the mastering process is trying to balance all that stuff without getting rid of the dynamics that come with acoustic music, you know? So it's really a a kind of a tricky thing sometimes to try to thread that needle between, you know, wanting it to sound acoustic like it would in the room and also, but also be listened, listenable, you know, in a, in a car or on your headphones or whatever on the subway. So, but those are the kind of the overall differences. It's kind of the details versus the big picture.
1: Well, that's very helpful because uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people have always wondered about that. You see all these credits, you go, know, who did what? Of course, at the end of a movie, you see about 20 minutes of credits, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's not as many, but for fun, for for audio, there's quite quite a bit too. I'd like to move on to this uh, Mudman's Revenge. This is an Andre Carvalho, is that right?
2: Yeah, Andre Carvalho is a Portuguese bassist.
1: And on this one. Uh, Actually, I don't know who's playing what, but if you could uh, tell us.
2: Oh, yeah, sure. So, Andres playing bass. Uh, Dan Pugach is playing drums, a uh, great um, Israeli drummer. And then we've got Gabriel DeKens, who is por- uh, he's from Puerto Rico, uh, playing the guitar. And then we have two saxophonists, Andrew Bould, on soprano, and Paul Jones on tenor.
1: Great. And this is Mud Men's Revenge on The Rock. is Mudman's Revenge, Andre Caravallo uh, composition off of the Outside in Music, Volume 3, live at Pinch Recording. It is a download-only album, uh, which, where can people go to get this, Nick? Uh,
2: they can go to their favorite streaming service, or uh, that's basically it. So iTunes, Spotify, etc. Okay. and YouTube. It's definitely, it's on YouTube. And, oh. Uh, there's videos that are attached to all these tunes, so if they want to... Watch these guys in action; uh, they can do that too.
1: So, when you're shooting these videos, are you just shooting the whole session?
2: Uh, yeah, I try to film the whole session.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: And are there people actually manning the cameras, or are they all locked off? And you just use them as they as they come out, as they you know they're just locked off cameras? Or do you have? Uh, we
2: did. I think we did three locked off angles and one moving angle for this project.
1: I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that you're doing this kind of stuff because it really gives you insight to what goes on during the session. It's hard right. to understand that unless you actually visually see it, and uh, it, it's fun watching those videos. And uh, well, I know, I know you're about to uh, take a flight or go somewhere, so we'll keep it short. <laughs> um, like I said, that you, you've got so many things going on. You are the king of multitaskers, I tell you. <laughs> Well, th- this next one is uh, Mudman's Revenge, and this is a, uh, a, re- a uh, excuse me, Zelda. And this is a uh, composition by Dan Pugotch, the the drummer. Uh, and you've got uh, Paul Jones on sax, Andrew Gould, and what is he playing?
2: Andrew Gould is playing, I think he's playing alto on this one. To, and then uh, we think there's Barry on there. I think we did the whole non on this one. Two trombones, Jimmy O'Connell and Nick Grinder. Uh, and we had... Uh, also featured on it is, um, Stuart Mack, who is, uh, flugel, he's Flugel flugelhorn on this track. And, uh, Andre also playing bass, Andre Carvalho. Uh, yeah, that makes nine, right?
1: Yes. Well, uh, have fun wherever you're going. I bet you're going to, uh, Dallas.
2: I am. I was just, I've been in New York. There's a big event at Jazz and Lincoln Center the last two days. And oh, the, the Jazz Congress. Yeah, the Jazz Congress. I spoke there this morning and now, uh. Back to, back to do some teaching for the rest of the
1: week. You know, I, I happened to notice, uh, I, I was watching a, a clip of, uh, of Dee Dee Bridgewater on a panel uh, from y- yesterday. And I was re- it was really very informational and entertaining. Um, she was interviewing a 93-year-old vocalist who I can't remember who it was. Uh, but uh, I think
2: it was Marilyn May.
1: It, it, might, it may have been. I don't remember. Maybe, maybe yeah. Uh, I wish I could have gone to that. It sounded like such a great event. How many years has that been going?
2: I think, well, it was started off as a n it was called Jazz Connect like eight, nine years ago, and it's kind of grown from that into the Jazz Congress. I, I guess technically this is the second or third year of the Jazz Congress, I think, um, but I kind of lose track because it's, it's been the same event with different names. <laughs>
1: it, it must have been a lot of fun because you're seeing all your contemporaries there as well.
2: Yeah, we got to run into a lot of musician friends and other, you know, there's a lot of radio people there and other industry people publicists and all those kind of behind-the-scenes people, so it's good to actually connect with them uh, in person.
1: Well, have have a great flight, and thanks again, Nick, and, and thanks for all the great music you send our way. I, I really appreciate it, and my listeners appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll talk again soon.
2: All right. Thanks, Abe. Always a pleasure.